But I remember Master saying to me, I prefer to teach with the eyes. I don't like it when I have to scold. But those who are in tune with me understand from a look what it is that I want them to, uh, to see. And how often I saw that with that look, a whole world of meaning was conveyed, a whole teaching. That aspect of Master which I see now is not necessarily limited to when I knew him, because I was still quite young. I came to him at 22, and let's see, he died in 52 before my birthday, so that would be um, 24 and a half, would it be? 25 and a half, I guess. Anyway, quite a young man. And uh, I've grown over the years. And one way that I've grown in my attunement with him has been that I have tried constantly to meditate on every single thing that he said, that he did, his gestures, his, his uh, tone of voice, all kinds of things were, as I've discovered over the years, a teaching. It used to be that I enjoyed telling stories about Master. Of course, I still enjoy telling stories about him, but I find that they don't come to me anymore as stories. Rather, they come as illustrations of truths that I've learned, and that whereas sometimes a story is dramatic, many times the truth was not anything dramatic at all. It could have been just a glance, just a, a pause in his conversation. Or he would be talking up on the stage and he'd say something that I knew was directed to me and I'd, I'd uh, inwardly thank him. And he would just give me a glance and smile and then go on. And it was just a momentary communication and communion with him but so precious, and you can't tell that kind of thing as a story, and yet sometimes it means a great deal more than any story. We need to know his personality because that helps us to understand how to behave, and yet we also need to know that he was not that personality. And yet, as a human being, he was by no means a zombie or an automaton. He had a wonderful personality, and he was so kind and so humble and so generous. I've always loved that time. He came back from uh, an outing where he had wanted to, where he had been buying, in fact, uh, a cane. And uh, was it a cane or umbrella? I forget right now. But... Uh, the man who sold him these things was, was just a complete stranger, not somebody Master knew. But Master felt that as long as he was spending the money of the organization, because he didn't have any money of his own, he used to keep his money in a little box and it would enable him to get from Encinitas to Mount Washington and back. But uh, to get off the point, and I'm famous for taking my little detours when I lecture, but I'll never forget when he uh, wanted to give us some uh, money. Well, he didn't say that. He said indirectly, isn't it awfully hot? And we knew that what he meant was he wanted to give us some money for ice cream. So we felt awkward about uh, saying, yes, yes, it's hot, like that. 
And uh, so we said, well, uh, it is if you say so, sir. <laughs> and uh, after sort of pushing us a little bit into saying that much of a response, he finally said, I can't keep money and I won't. Here, take this money for ice cream. And it was just one of those little things. And so many times people reveal themselves in the little things because when there's some big thing, some crisis to be met, some problem to be faced, then you sort of screw up your courage and act your very best. But uh, in the normal little day-to-day -day things, he was still just perfection. And in a little scene like that, it was so sweet because it was so true to his nature. To get back then to this other story, and I'll have to say that yes, I do get off the subject, but almost always I remember what I got off from and come back to it. And so um, I, Master was talking about this man and how he had, had uh, talked him down to a good price and so on and was being very responsible. And then he said, uh, he, then he, he uh, gave the man more money than, than uh, the man expected or the, that the man asked for. And the man said, you are a gentleman, sir. And he gave him a very nice umbrella. And when Master came back and he was talking about this, this experience, and he was thinking, oh, that poor man, he had such a shabby shop. He said, I think I'll buy him a new carpet. Well, I'd say that a, <laughs> I'd say that a carpet cost a little bit more than a cane. <laughs> he wasn't practical. He just tried to sort of act practical, but he was so generous that he just, all he could think of was giving. And he was so kind that no matter what people did, he was so humble. I remember that uh, Daniel Boone, who was a peculiar disciple, he had uh, really, he had a very, a lot of good spiritual karma. He used to have fantastic experiences. I remember walking in on his room one time and there he was stretched out on his bed, completely uh, still, not breathing, lifeless. And he, he told later about having been taken by Master into the astral world. And he used to have all kinds of uh, experiences. And uh, Yet he also had bad karma, and I think that Master gave him these experiences to try to save him from that. Well, his bad karma came out in negative attitudes and doubts and so on, and uh, egotism, which finally took him off the path. And Master was, was concerned about it. He said that if you leave now, it'll take you 200 lifetimes to come back. And after Boone left, he he said, well, if you work at it, you can, let re you can reduce it to seven lifetimes. But Boone didn't work at it. He feels that he's a fallen soul. And Master said, no matter how, uh, much, how many times you fail, you will never fail if you keep trying. God will never let you down so long as you make a real effort. But in one of Boone's moods, he wrote Master, uh, a letter, scathing letter, 
in which he accused him and criticized him for all sorts of things. And Master, when he saw him again, I was present. And Master looked at him admiringly. He said, that was a, the best letter Satan ever wrote me. He said, you ought to take up writing. And that's all it meant to Master. Master didn't take it personally, but he saw that there was real skill in that man's writing. And unfortunately, Boone, with his bad karma, didn't even take up writing. He hasn't done anything with his life, and it's really a tragedy because he's underneath it all. There's a lot of greatness in there, too. But you know, we go through so many storms and ups and downs before we finally come to the point of realizing that, yes, we do want God and nothing else.